1: It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
0: Well, a little more snow to add to our totals for 2021, but the good news is we're going to start warming up today. It may actually start disappearing. How are you, everybody? Fabulous farm babe, Pam Yankee. Glad to have you along with us. The last Monday of February And I'll tell you, temperature wise We're kind of turning the corner For today, it's going to stay cloudy But we're going to bounce up to about 38 degrees Tomorrow, sunshine and 40 Wednesday, partly cloudy And 37, Thursday, 36 degrees So above freezing all week long That's uh, some welcome news I would say We'll talk weather with Stu or Ag Meteorologist coming up in just a little bit Happy National FFA Week I don't want to let you forget about that Although it's definitely going To look different this year when it comes to celebrations. Hey, if you want to catch up with our Wisconsin State FFA officers, you can do that. We've got some special videos that they produced for us to bring you greetings from across the state and let you know what's happening with the blue and gold. Just go to Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and you'll be able to tap into those messages.
1: if you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com/careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong.
0: You know, there was a time when uh, zero meant zero. Now, with today's technology, we can measure zero to 16 decimal points, maybe even beyond fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And Well, that advancing knowledge, that advancing technology is wonderful. It's also quite the rascal to try to keep your arms around, Bob. And if you're a Wisconsin farmer that wants to be on the cutting edge, boy, oh, boy, some new concepts coming your way in the growing season of 2021 that you might want to start getting your arms around now.
2: It's a never-ending science, Pam, that's for sure. With the new technology we have, the things that we can learn about our soil and the way to grow better crops are unlimited, really, and going to continue that way for a long time. Recently, we had a chance to visit with Dr. Carl Wyatt, who's Vice President of Agricultural Sciences at Helier Agriculture. Now, you might never have heard of that company. They're relatively new, but they're working in the area of very specialized soil components. And I asked uh, Dr. Wyant about the company and about the research they are doing with the soil. Uh, Helier, as a company was founded in
3: 2008 as a spinoff between Arizona State University and funding from the Mars family. And we specialize in microalgae technology. This is microalgae lives in the soil. We've learned how to bioprospect it and, and, and grow it, and grow it at scale. So we've gone through a couple of iterations, but we now have an agricultural product based in microalgae. It's called Phycoterra. We also have an organic version and a seed treatment version where we can put microalgae out and use that technology to feed the soil microbiome, including bacteria and fungi that help support crop growth.
2: So what is the process of harvesting the microalgae and uh, and then feeding the soil? What uh, what is involved here? How how high tech or not traditional is it?
3: That's a great question. So we started out in the traditional harvest of microalgae where we were growing the the crop if you will, the microalgae crop in large ponds outside using the Arizona sunshine where we're based to, uh, to produce biomass, but we've since moved away from that traditional approach and we've moved into much more closed systems and, and systems that are much more innovative for producing the microalgae. Once we produce it, we can then put it into our bottling line and where we produce our FICO products.
2: So as far as the FICO Terra products, where are farmers going to find them? And are these additives with other soil uh, nutrients and soil additives? How does this fit into the whole picture of our soil amendments?
3: That's a great question. So one piece that we really are proud of is how well we blend with other fertilizers, including UN32, UN28, 1034o. There's a whole laundry list of fertilizers that we've done jar testing with. So we can incorporate into a current nutrient plan that a grower is using and provide a unique mode of action that helps to feed the fungi and bacteria below ground while that farmer is feeding the plant with the nutrients.
2: So what's actually going on below ground? As you said, as farmers are feeding the plant with the nutrients, what's actually going on underground in the soil to make that soil better and more productive with the microalgae?
3: Yeah, good question. So that the Phycotera, our microalgae product family, acts as a food source, and our food is is part carbohydrates, part lipids, and part protein. So it's a really well balanced diet. So we can be applied to the soil, and we have enough diversity in our food source that we can promote microbial abundance and also get a lot of different groups activated in the soil. And and once you get your microbes. Activated, you put them to work. You, you wake them up, if you will. You can uh, get them to start putting your soil structure back together. You can have them start mineralizing nutrients from the organic matter in the soil to help feed your plants later. Uh, there's a whole number of benefits that that come with having a a viable microbial population. And one of those benefits that that's interesting is improving your soil microbial population. It can help improve soil structure, which can help uh, improve the water holding capacity of your soil, that, that soil's ability to store moisture over time. And that's been a really key finding for us here at Helier Agriculture.
2: As we look at our, our soil structure, and maybe we've worn down our soil, so to speak, are we talking about taking a soil test? Can that tell us what our soil needs and how the microalgae from Helier can help, and how much we need, and when we need it, and types of soils, and things like that? Yeah, so a soil test is a great place to start,
3: uh, whether you're taking it in the fall, or you're take, you're waiting until spring to take your soil test. Uh, a soil test can give you so much information with nutrient planning and salinity management, among other things. One piece worth paying attention to on that soil test is the soil organic matter percentage that comes across and some of our soils, uh, like you just mentioned, are a little worn down and and they're and they're a little worn down on their ability to feed the microbes and that's where we come in. We can help you know with your blending with your current fertilizer program, we can provide that superior carbon food source and and feed the fungi, feed the bacteria and, and really help boost what you 're doing.
2: Are we rebuilding our soil with this product? Or is it something that the soil is worn out again, as we said, and this is something that uh, every year needs to be added? Uh, What does the soil profile look like as we use the microalgae? Sure. When, When we use the
3: microalgae to feed the fungi and bacteria, those fungi and bacteria start to secrete glues, and they create these nets that stitch your soil back together that can actually physically rebuild the structure of your soil. And this is something that, that can uh, occur in the field, and we have plenty of measurements from our field research. And what we see is that if, if you uh, rebuild, start rebuilding your soil structure, if you, if you lay off on the disturbance, you know, you can keep that soil structure around it and rebuild your soils.
2: As we, as we look at the microalgae, I mean, growing up on a farm, you had algae around the water tank, you threw it out. How is this discovered and you know, adaptability for other uses other than just a soil amendment? and uh, how do you harvest it? And uh, it's, how was it discovered to be this beneficial in the first place by the folks at Arizona State down there here 12, 15, 20 years ago?
3: That's a great question. I appreciate that one. So the, the algae that's on the pond, or as, as I like it to say down here in Phoenix, the algae that's living in your neighbor's pool, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a different kind of algae. That's a freshwater algae. That's, uh, it primarily lives in, in water habitats like you described. Our microalgae micro lives in the soil. So it's completely different lifestyle, completely different chemistry. And, and different biology. So there's, there's different properties that are afforded to our microalgae products. So we actually bioprospected this algae strain that we use out of desert soil, which you think, you know, desert soil has microalgae in it. It does. Um, we, we, we learned how to, to get it. And uh, um, I'm not super clear on how it was discovered, uh, you know, those, that long ago. But I know that once we found it, we knew we had a a really, really uh, promising technology on our hand. And then we went to work uh, looking at how to grow it at scale and how to to turn it into a product like Phycoterra, Phycoterra Organic, and and Phycoterra ST that we use today.
2: And again, our guest, tell us all about it, Dr. Carl Wyant, who is VP of Agricultural Science at Helier. Doctor, thanks for the education today. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate the conversation. Very good. Dr. Carl Wyatt. I'm Bob Osold.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
5: Who better to taste test your dirt than a worm?
6: (laughs) Tastes like grit. Say what? Grit. I said grit.
4: At Kalani Topsoil, you'll always find the perfect blend. Our soils are mixed specifically for your lawn, garden, or landscape application. You'll love it without having to taste it yourself.
7: Take it from a
5: worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's
6: good dirt.
8: If you've been injured in a bad crash, you might think the facts are so clear that you don't need an attorney. Big mistake. Insurance companies have many arguments to reduce settlements, no matter how clear the claim may seem. I'm John Raihola. At Clifford & we have the experience you need to take on those arguments and win. Recent example. A young woman was driving when an oncoming car crossed the center line and crashed into her head-on. She was severely injured and paralyzed and needed experienced lawyers. Though her case seemed clear, the insurance companies still came up with lots of reasons why they didn't want to pay. We fought for her and made sure she and her family received the full compensation they deserved.
0: For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Raihala, Hard-working, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com.
1: You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade. But isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. You
0: know, I tell you what, I think it's easy to listen to this weather forecast for a change. Let's find out about it. It's time for your Compere Financial Ag Weather Update. Stumuck Ag Meteorologist, joining us. You know, the only thing, <laughs> I'm, I'm super thrilled to see these temperatures, but uh, it figures, I could have I just about predicted it, I had, uh, the dogs went to the groomers last week and I mopped my floors. So, you know, muddy season's got to be around the corner.
9: Well, absolutely. That's their plan. Isn't
5: yeah. It?
0: Yeah. I know. That's the only thing I, that's the only thing I'm already trying to figure out how many rugs I'm going to need, but Hey, bring it on because we need to get some of these snow banks melted down a little bit. It's going to be a devil to try to see around corners.
9: Oh yeah. I think we'll work on the snowpack, No doubt about that. But we've been adding a little bit as well. I mean, uh, fairly sizable snow for a light snow here in eastern parts of Wisconsin. I've got a close to 3 just south of Fond du Lac and I see Cedar Grove over near the Sheboygan Lake shore south of Sheboygan. inches Elkhorn, 2.6 inches down in Walworth County. Snow lighter elsewhere, but a couple of inches for a lot of people. The system that brought the snow is pushing east and away from Wisconsin. And radar this morning indicates just a little light snow lingering in the far eastern edge of Wisconsin. That's great. But northern Wisconsin, and I'm going to include Eau Claire here, We'll more likely be talking about a little snow or even uh, just a sprinkle or a bit of drizzle lingering for a time today. We all see another possibility of that, especially central and northern Wisconsin later tonight. And even as we look on toward Tuesday night, some very light and mixed precipitation could be seen. Not going to amount to much of anything, but just the fact that it'll be there in between mild days. Well above normal, well above freezing, in fact, with our normal out right about freezing or just above I think when we talk about mid-30s and maybe a 40 here and there, that sounds like a very mild spell. And it will work on that snowpack, there's no doubt, giving us a little better chance to get things cleaned up. You know how that is. I've got my skid loader time planned here a bit later this morning, hopefully cleaning everything up. And it's just going to be that kind of a week. We do tend to cool a little as we head toward the end of the week, the long range does indicate another snow chance as we wrap up the week. Late Friday, probably into the day Saturday, most likely not a big storm or anything, but another round of some snow could be seen. So we have the mild air. There'll be that little precipitation chance. One small low is going to cut right across the state as we make our way on toward Tuesday night into early Wednesday, right up through central Wisconsin. That's why that snow chance a bit greater the further you head to the north. But even then, it's just not a big snowmaker, not a major wind Wintery storm lining up by any means, but with the mild air, there'll still be some new precipitation. And the one thing I didn't mention is the breeze stays pretty breezy today. Yes, it's a southwest wind, it brings mild air to the state, but it's going to add a little chill around here. We'll have to keep that in mind. Don't be too overjoyed and run out in the t shirt probably still going to want to bundle up just to keep from being quite so chilly. I'll have forecast details right after this.
5: Being a member owner pays at Compure Financial. As a farm credit cooperative, Compure's member owners share in the profits. And this year, member owners will receive $197 million back in patronage. Learn more at Compeer.com backslash patronage. Compure Financial, ACA, is an equal credit opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. Patronage allocations, redemptions, and payments remains at the discretion of the board of directors based on a combination of factors including the risk in portfolio, earnings, and current capital position.
10: Everyone at the
0: Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board lives and breathes Wisconsin soybeans and can be your knowledgeable ally in the field and at home. With important grower alerts, timely production advice, and industry news, and expert-generated grower research, we are the resource to help your crop and business thrive. Stay in the know and connect with the Wisconsin soybean community by finding Badger Bean on Facebook or by visiting badgerbean.com. All righty, Stu, let's talk a little bit about this mild weather. And then before we let you go, don't, don't forget to give me just a baby update on what's going on in Texas too, huh?
9: Well, we'll do what we can. Let's talk about mostly cloudy skies today. And at Eau Claire, still a little sprinkle, flurry, light snow mix could add on during the day. Most of us just talking about some clouds. Then mid-30s most places, even warmer at La Crosse. Southwest winds 5 to 15, gusting to 25. Mostly cloudy tonight. That really light snow, especially central and northern Wisconsin. And we drop back closer to 30 with the southwest wind at 5 to 15. Tomorrow, more sunshine in the south, clouds north, could still be that stray flurry toward Eau Claire, even Lacrosse and Mauston may have a little, I'd expect to be in the upper 30s, maybe a 40 here and there tomorrow, the west winds at 5 to 15, and by Wednesday, well some morning clouds after that precipitation Tuesday night, sunshine breaking out later Wednesday, upper 30s, northwest winds at 5 to 15, with some sun, almost a normal day in the lower 30s on Thursday, Pam, all sounds well and good. Uh, what I'm looking at, at least you talk about Texas, they don't really have much for precipitation showing up today, but, uh, they are pulling for a lot more warm air to try and settle in. That's for sure.
0: What, you got any wild idea how, how cold it is down there right now?
9: I can tell you that in a second.
0: Cause I know that that's, you know, you know that this would be about the coldest part of their day too, I'm guessing.
9: Yeah. 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 And it's not going to behave for me. So oh, that's there. right. All right.
0: I'll, I can find that. I can, that much I can inter, do. The
9: internet, it's always right there when you need it. Yes,
0: I hear you. I hear you. All right. Well, good enough. We will catch up with you tomorrow.
9: Absolutely. I just got Dallas at 43. Okay.
0: All right. Sounds fair. they improving. Yeah. Good for them, though, honestly. All right, man. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks. All right, see ya. Stumacher, ag meteorologist with your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. And good thing those folks are warming up just a little bit. A lot of agricultural damage that's been done in the state of Texas because of those uh, sub-zero temperatures. Your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update on this Monday. Don't forget Compure Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. Visit Compure.com. Getting to be about that time of the year, you need to make sure those taxes are all in check. All the government programs that you had uh, impacting your bottom line last year. Don't forget Compure Financial has an entire team dedicated to helping you uh, manage through those kinds of decisions and that kind of paperwork. So think about it again. Compure.com.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like savings on select cat equipment and more. Get more details at WFBF.
6: A voice for farmers, a vision
1: for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural are Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual Insurance recently issued a special dividend to support their auto, home, farm, and business customers to help keep Wisconsin strong. This dividend will pay out over $5 million back to their policyholders. Visit ruralmutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong.
4: The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help regarding an attempted homicide that occurred one year ago. On January 29, 2020, a mother and her two young children were brutally attacked by an unknown gunman in the 2700 block of Doll Street. It is presumed that the gunman followed the victims from their residence, located in Kennedy Heights Apartments. While traveling in the 2700 block of Doll Street, the car in which the gunman was riding cut the victim off, forcing their car to stop. The gunman then exited the car and fired multiple rounds into the car that the victim and her two young children were Traveling in. The mother and a child sustained injuries related to the gunfire. Madison Police Department's Violent Crime Unit is reaching out to the public in hopes that someone has more information about this senseless act of gun violence. Please visit Madisonary or Madisonary Crime Stoppers Facebook page for additional photos and video of the suspects. If you have any information regarding this incident, please contact Madisonary Crime Stoppers at 266 6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. And-
6: No doubt about it, the best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing.
4: Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com.
0: Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business Benjamin Plumbing.
6: What have we here? Crackers. At least I think they are. They're in a cellophane wrapper. There are two of them. Crackers always travel in pairs. They snap like crackers. Crumble like them, too. Nine out of ten cracker eaters would give them a positive ID. But these aren't crackers. They're dinner. Jim Krevix for five days straight. There are people like Jim all across Madison. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply people like Jim over $950,000 in food through Dane County's busiest food pantry. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in clothing, shelter, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need smog garbage sewers car exhaust today's world puts our sense of smell on overload luckily there are places we can go to refocus our senses our national wildlife refuges when you visit your nose will instantly recognize the purity of nature bask in the aromatic scent of the black pine trees blowing in the wind Detect the sweet fragrance of primroses, wild violets, and blue sage. Smell the fresh salt water in the air as waves crash into rocky shoals. When you smell these things, you're smelling the world the way we found it. With over 500 refuges across America, you don't have to go far to make a special connection with nature. Learn more at fws.gov refuges. That's fws.gov refuges. Pitchers and catchers, they
7: reported, what, on Wednesday? They got their first Cactus League game, I think, on the 28th. And is going to talk right here about their spring schedule. Here's more from Craig. We
8: have a six-week spring training. That's very familiar. I think that's comforting for sure to a lot of players. There can be a little a normal pace to this preparation. That's the really good feeling that I think a lot of players will have. It's a good feeling for coaches too. So that's the, probably the favorite part of it.
5: Yeah, oh, oh, definitely. It the, was just cool watching some of the videos. I know Sophia Minner put some on. The Brewers uh, put some of those videos on of the players just playing
7: catch, just hearing the pop of the mitt. It was nice. It was even nice to see the semis roll and uh, unload all their gear, even before the pitchers and catchers reported, you know, just to see them filling up uh, the American family fields of Phoenix, despite it being in Maryville. It's just cool to see. Uh, let's see here. More from yeah. <laughs> like yeah,
5: the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. <laughs>
7: Yes, here's more from uh, Council talking about their setup well for preparing in the pandemic.
8: Phoenix gives us outdoor space. We've moved our workouts, you know, in the beginning back a little bit so we can take advantage of the warm part of the day. So we can eat outside, um, things like that, and just meet outside. So we'll just, we'll take advantage of all that, but guys know what to expect. If you were involved in last season, either at an alternate site or at at our site, you know what to expect.
7: Yeah, more from council saying, it's great to get the ball rolling. Players are in
8: the building today for the first time, going through a physicals and a light workout a little bit later. So right now it's uh, you know everybody's just kind of get saying hi to each other. But we're able to be together, so from that sense, it feels really normal and feels great. We're living under rules that we expected, so not a lot different, and we're ready to get going.
7: And then council also talks about he's not concerned. About getting players ready in time for the start of the season.
8: It's exciting to be here, and it's exciting to, to, to kind of get started, and we have time to prepare. So I, I think you know, all news at this point, we don't have physical news necessarily from all the players, but everybody's showed up and, and ready to go, and so I think more slowing people down is kind of the thing we're going to have to do than speed people up.
5: All right, so, Rowdy, one of <laughs> this ain't no two week summer camp, no
8: like last year We're they ready. finally
5: they finally get a month to ramp things up.
7: Yeah, which is nice, right? I mean, to get you back to cuz you know, if you're a professional athlete, you love your your regimen, your schedule and you stick with it. And every football player, baseball player, basketball player I've ever talked to is like, "We love to be having having a schedule and stick by it." So, one of the biggest concerns moving forward from last season to this year is what's going to happen with the sticks. What's going to happen with that offense because the offense was abysmal last year Uh, abysmal here's more from craig council that's a big part of this
8: there's no question about it Uh, we we had guys that just didn't perform last year offensively and it was puzzling um it was out of the norm and we're not talking about having like their career years and i I still think we'll have some player that has a career year this year but it's just kind of back to normal and back to normal
5: substantially improves our offense for sure
7: he ain't lying there definitely not lying right there back
5: to normal Back to normal gives you a hell of a lot more offense than what you had last year. I think, if I remember correctly, they only averaged about three and a half runs a game. Normally, the average in Major League Baseball... I thought it was lower
7: than Wasn't it lower than that? It
5: was right around there somewhere. But the average in Major League Baseball is normally closer to four and a half. Oh, God. So no wonder they didn't win many games and the offense looked putrid.
7: Yeah, one of the reasons, you know, the former MVP, Christian Yelich definitely had a campaign to forget about... Everyone did, essentially, when it comes to offensively for the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Here's more from Council about having a big rebound for Yelly.
8: He's great at finding motivation to overcome stuff or to take the next step or to just finding motivation for what's next. And I think we're going to see a very motivated player. He was disappointed in the results last year, disappointed in his performance, and I think he wants to be better, and he's going to be better.
7: Yeah. I mean, yes. I don't know what else to say,
5: (laughs) but it's pretty pretty funny when Craig Council goes, I'm disappointed in his performance.
7: <laughs> he was disappointed. disappointed. Literally everyone's disappointed in his performance. Every single fan was disappointed. Here's more from Council on Yelly. The off-season conversations, have, I found Christian has
8: been in a just incredibly optimistic place. You know, that's that's kind of the thing that struck me about him.
5: And eager and optimistic,
8: I guess, would be the best way to say it.
7: Eager and optimistic. I okay. believe it was
5: MLB Network that they always rank, you know, the best players coming into the season. Yeah. Even after Christian Yelich's pretty bad season which was nowhere near the two seasons with the brewers prior they still ranked him as the ninth best player in baseball Yelly? coming off of uh that 60 game season that he had
7: okay i mean if, if he's disappointed in that and is motivated to go up then we'll take that and all he, freaking he season. was still in the
5: mlb network shredder he was still ranked as the number one best left fielder
1: hang on to your tractors here's another update This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Younke.
0: Our weather in Wisconsin looks much more mild this week compared to last and getting better. We'll look for daytime highs today that are going to top out around 38. Tomorrow, 40 degrees. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Monday, and we're going to keep the emphasis on weather this morning. Coming up, we're going to visit with uh, Jeff Vandenhuvel. He is with the California Milk Producers Council, and he is keeping an eye very much on what's happening with their weather patterns because of legislation that basically gives the state control of their groundwater. We'll talk with him, Bob Boswell, actually talking with him in just a little bit. Ah, here we are on the 22nd day of February. On this day in 2011, that terrible earthquake hit Christchurch, New Zealand. 185 people were killed during that quake, which had a measurement of only 6.3, but was one of the highest intensities ever recorded in an urban area. That was Christchurch, New Zealand on this day Back in 2011. Happy birthday to Drew Barrymore. She's 46. And speaking of weather, on this day in 1922, a terrible ice storm hit Wisconsin. Unprecedented freezing rain and snow hit from February 21st through the 23rd. In Wisconsin, the central and southern parts of the state were most severely affected, they said. Counties between Lake Winnebago and Lake Michigan, south to Racine, all kinds of reports of loss of electricity, no telephone service, no telegraph services. By little shoot, a passenger cha- train went off the rails and injured crew members. In Appleton, they had 150 stranded traveling salesmen that they had to put up. In Plymouth, they had a sheet of river ice, 35 feet long and nearly 3 feet thick, that washed onto the So All kinds of craziness in Wisconsin on this day back in 1922. And now you know We're gearing up for the growing season of 2021 and making decisions now that will impact our bottom line later. What kind of technology are you going to employ in your farm fields this year to help you capitalize on those yields? Well, today we begin a series of conversations with our friends from Pioneer all focused in on the technology you need to think about for a successful year. We start off our conversation today with Will Wynn. He is the district manager in southwest Wisconsin. And, Will, one of the big issues that you want farmers to think about is corn rootworm management. The numbers in Wisconsin continue to climb. Tell me a little bit about some of the field research that uh, the folks from Pioneer conducted last year.
11: Well, Pam, uh, pretty simply, we actually employed uh, a large sticky trap effort where we were trapping a ton of rootworm beetles across the state, and actually over the past three years, we've seen a rise in those numbers, which, with corn rootworm beetles, which can cause a lot of damage to our crop if we have a high enough population, when you get enough beetles, they lay enough eggs, and those eggs emerge for next year, so it gives you an indication on what your risk may be for the following year.
0: I think that some people are wondering, with the severity of Wisconsin winters, do we knock that population back? How should we be looking and approaching the 21 growing season?
11: Well, that's a question I get quite often, Pam, is, uh, hey, it's been really cold here the last two weeks. I'm sure we're killing some of these bugs. But the unfortunate thing is we have 8 to 10 inches of snowpack right now, and you're talking about a lot of insulation that keeps that soil uh, relatively warm and not seeing those sub-zero temperatures that cannot kill those larvae. Um, A lot of entomologists will agree that we can't count on the weather to uh, be uh, a control mechanism for a corn rootworm and limit our our numbers uh, just because it's just so finicky and a lot of it depends on the moisture level at hatch as far as what the mortality or lack of mortality will be.
0: Let's talk about uh, technology in a bag and how corn rootworm management plays in on that. That's what it's all about, Will, is what technology am I going to employ? I think there have been some farmers that in the past couple of years, because of price sensitivity, may have looked past some of that technology.
11: Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, when it comes to below-ground traits, the BT, uh, the BT events that we use to help control corn rootworm, every company has their, their specific trait or blend of traits. Um, when it comes to uh, managing thrice, yeah, it's definitely a big discussion with a lot of folks that are foregoing uh, that trait below ground and just implementing some sort of insecticide to help control the corn rootworm populations. A lot of it just really depends on what is your rotation. Have you used insecticide in crop the, fa- the previous year to help limit your numbers? And can you keep those numbers in check? We've seen that stuff work. But the problem is is that you can leave yourself open to a lot of vulnerability when it comes to using a dry granular insecticide with no below-ground trait because if we don't get the moisture uh, in May and June to activate that insecticide and kill those larvae, you're fully exposed then, and then you create a huge whirlwind that could cause a lot of issues with down corn, yield drag, and much other things that you don't want to deal with if, if you're chopping or taking that crop of grain.
0: So what else do you have to consider then, Will? Uh, crop rotation... In-the-bag technology, Uh, I'm obviously going to have to make sure I'm out there scouting and keeping track of some of those escalating numbers, too.
11: Yeah, honestly, Pam, it comes down to knowing what your local population is because beetles are very localized, and uh, pressure can be very localized as well. Um, A lot of the issues we see is the long-term corn-on-corn rotations. Um, With the current commodity market, you know, obviously uh, corn looks good, but soybeans look look decent for next fall. Um, that's been uh, one of the hurdles in the past where folks just want to stick with corn. But if you're a dairyman or a livestock producer and you need that feed, sometimes you don't really have that choice. So when it comes down to managing it, it just comes down to knowing your local population, utilizing the traits, and then it, if so, also utilizing an insecticide at planting and an insecticide during the season to help maximize your ROI and ensure uh, that that field is going to be a low risk for population the following year if it is going to corn.
0: Remind me again on timing with that plant. Uh, When do I really want to start being sensitive to monitoring for beetles and uh, keeping an eye on the development of that plant and susceptibility?
11: So overall, I guess a quick high-level, Pam. Uh, The hatch starts in about mid-June. They usually are triggered off of soil GDUs. Anywhere from 600 to 700 soil GDUs is when you start about half the hatch. Um, When it comes to the actual beetles themselves the males emerge first, and then the females are not too far behind. Um, So obviously when you get those two together, they mate and they lay their eggs. You want to try to hit those with a beetle bomb or an application of insecticide after the females are already um, gravid or full of eggs. And then when you do that, you not only kill the males and the females, but you kill the female that's carrying the eggs for the following year.
0: So don't count on a Wisconsin winter to knock those corn rootworm numbers back because apparently it isn't going to happen. That's Will Wynn from Southwest Wisconsin. Conversation with our friends from Pioneer focused in on the technology you need to be thinking about today for a successful growing season of 2021.
5: The simple life of a farmer. All you need is land, family, sunshine, and rain. And a drone for digital imaging. And software to run geospatial analysis and an understanding of genetics, biology, climatology, economics, global trading, and estate planning, so you can pass this so-called simple life on to your kids. At Pioneer, we're proud to work with generations of American farmers in the most complex and rewarding industry on Earth. So from your friends at Pioneer, thank you, farmers.
0: Markets are firm in overnight electronic trade. December corn right now is up a nickel at 465. November soybeans, they're up 8 Currently at twelve oh four July wheat two cents stronger. Currently at four uh, six forty five a bushel. As far as dairy, barrel cheese on Friday dropped a penny and a quarter to one forty one and a quarter. Forty pound block cheese was up two and three quarter cents at one fifty three and three quarters. While double A butter gained five and a half at a dollar fifty five per pound. March milk is up thirteen cents. Currently at sixteen forty a hundredweight. April milk up two. At 1678, 100 weight. We're keeping the emphasis on weather this morning. So many people have been talking about uh, the tragedy that is Texas this morning, but that's not the only place where weather is a challenge. California farmers are again facing another dry start to their spring. Bob Bosold had a chance to visit with the gentleman from the California Milk Producers Council. Jeff Vandenhoevel is coming up next. Can't
1: get enough farm news, the stories you hear and more, 24 7 at MidwestFarmReport.com. Stay tuned as we'll be right back. Student
9: away from home, you could get a significant auto insurance discount from Prairie Land Insurance.
10: When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local independent home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251 3009. Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our
1: Our
5: best is the very very least we can do. do. Take a chill pill. Hi, my name is Tim O'Brien, owner of The Healthy Place. Do you
0: battle stress, anxiety, or depression? You need to know about our top-selling product, Chill Pill. Chill Pill is a natural supplement with a simple herbal blend that works. Infused with magnolia bark to reduce cortisol for stress relief, L-theanine to calm the mind from anxious thoughts, and the amino acid 5-HTP to balance your serotonin levels and uplift the mood. Has anyone ever told you that you need to take a Chill Pill? Well, now you can for less than a dollar a day. After everything that we have all gone through this last year, we all need a chill pill. Talk to our wellness consultants today to see if chill pill is right for you. Come on over to any of our four locations for in-store shopping or curbside pickup, or stay home and take advantage of our same-day delivery in Dane County. Free shipping, live chat feature on our website, and phone consultations. Stop in or check us out online at findyourhealthyplace.com. The Healthy Place. If your walls could talk.
6: What would they say? I have sent children into fits of rage. I am responsible for a child's speech impediment. I am the reason a child can't read. Just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on walls, doors, windows, and sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over one million children. If your home was built before 1978, log on to leadfreekids.org or call 800-424-LED.
1: Brought to you by the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning, EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
0: And I'll tell you, the weather challenges that uh, the folks down in Texas have been experiencing could have ripple effects here in the upper Midwest. Let's remember, a lot of winter vegetable production actually happens in Texas. And the initial reports that I'm getting from fellow farm broadcasters and growers down in Texas are that uh, this cold snap they've lived with, has uh, definitely done a number on vegetable production down there. It's not the only region where weather is a problem for production agriculture. In California, they're dry again. Bob Bosold had a chance to visit with Jeff Vanden Vandenhuvel Vanden Heuvel is with the California Milk Producers Council. A former dairyman himself, he said that in California, it's all about keeping an eye on precipitation.
10: Well, I'll tell you, Bob, it's dry. We were coming up, uh, as, as we were getting toward The third week of January, we had not really had any measurable rain since this uh, water year started, which was uh, back in uh, the first of October. So I attend a lot of water meetings, uh, water districts and so on, as part of my responsibilities for Milk Producers Council. And of course, this time of year, you're always getting a water report. And uh, there's 115 years of recorded history in in terms of uh you know rainfall and we were if we hadn't gotten rain by the end of january we were going to be the driest year on record in the central valley of california and uh, fortunately we did have a a, a storm that came through uh, toward the end of january then in that last week uh and uh it sat over uh parts of the uh the central coast uh monterey actually uh got an enormous amount of rain probably 10 inches in a day which was just uh, phenomenal It's one of these atmospheric rivers and it did come through the central part of the state and it dumped some snow and some rain it was uh, pretty focused on that part of the valley or or the Sierra Nevadas and uh, we're not the driest year in 115 because we did get some rain but since that time we really haven't had much more and uh, so we're it, it, it's quite remarkable. We've got five million, five million acres of irrigated agriculture in the Central Valley of California. And it depends in large measure on the winter rains to provide surface supply. Of course, there's a lot of groundwater. That groundwater is been depleted. Is, is, those groundwater tables are, are dropping. And when you have these dry years, they drop some more. And uh, the state, we had a really bad drought 2012 to 2016, and the state decided to pass groundwater regulation. And that's really what has got everybody, that's the game changer for California agriculture is the fact that groundwater has always been our backup supply when there wasn't rain, when there wasn't enough water in the, in the winter. Uh, we had this groundwater. Uh, that is now uh, coming under regulation and so there will be limits on that and uh there it is a, a phase-in period the, the the state passed that legislation in 2014 and they, they gave about a 20-year time frame to kind of get to a balanced situation uh but this is uh got agriculture really worried and and so yeah we've got another dry year looking at us although you know we're hopeful that they will be uh, rains in 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 March and April, which is certainly possible, that will improve the situation some. But right now, it's uh, it's looking it's looking pretty tough.
2: And farmers, right now, Jeff, uh, you know California grows so many crops at all times of the year. There's nothing you can't grow in California. But our farmers, if they do need irrigation water, which they do every year. Is it limited more now because of some of these uh, groundwater sustainability plans? And you mentioned the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act back in 2014. Is it definitely limited more now?
10: Yes, that law is being implemented at the local level, but there are already uh, local areas that have uh, put their farmers on a water budget. And uh, they're, they're quite Generous in the early years because uh, you got 20 years to reach sustainability uh, And then these these available uh, Amounts of actually overdraft that is taking more water than will be recharged It's still allowed, but it's being ramped down and uh, So yeah, there are there are areas now significant areas that are already on a water water budget And More areas will be coming under this water uh, under some sort of an allocation water budget scenario over the next years The other thing I think to remember about California is that there's been a huge uh, Transition in California over the last 20 years You know water has always been an issue here water gets more expensive uh, And it's getting very expensive in certain parts of the state and so farmers or landowners are seeking to grow things that have the greatest return, and trees, permanent crops, uh, almonds, pistachios, walnuts, uh, but particularly almonds and pistachios have become very profitable, and a tremendous amount of ground has gone into that. We now are at about 1.4 million acres of almonds. It's quite phenomenal, probably three to 400,000 acres of, wool, of pistachios. And what that does, Bob, is it hardens up the demand. You know, when you're growing cotton or you're growing some sort of a row crop, if you don't have water, you know, you can fowl that that ground for a year and, you know, maybe the next year you do have water. Uh, But when you got trees, they need water every year. That demand has been significantly hardened by the change in the cropping pattern in California's Central Valley.
2: Planting that many trees to the detriment of what? What other kind of crops, vegetables, whatever, did go out in California to make room for those trees?
10: Yeah, we used to have over a million acres of cotton, and we're probably down to about 100 to 125,000 acres of cotton today. And uh, alfalfa, we used to have uh, a million acres of alfalfa or more. We're probably half that today. So those are are, uh, crops that's probably the two main crops that we've uh, that have been converted from you know cotton and alfalfa over to trees.
0: Jeff Vandenhuvel with the California Milk Producers Council, a former dairyman himself, visiting with our own Bob Bosold about the challenging weather conditions California agriculture faces and like he said, uh, they have to make some decisions today as to how they're going to be farming in 10, 15 years down the road related strictly to water. And now the California legislature deciding that they are going to control all water in the state, whether it uh, comes from the skies, from the snow, or whether it's under the ground. So developing story there for California agriculture. But you heard already what he said. California's cotton acres have gotten pared back pretty big, and so did California's alfalfa acres get pared back pretty big. Thanks again to Bob Bosold for that. Coming up tomorrow, we are going to be visiting with our friend John Heinberg, Market Advisor, total for marketing by Stuart Peterson. He should have plenty to talk about tomorrow because last week, that USDA Ag Outlook Forum showed up with some pretty big numbers as far as uh, what we're going to be growing this year, corn and soybean-wise, that is. The market's still holding fairly firm this morning despite those big numbers. And, of course, keeping an eye on the transportation issues that are still being faced in part Because of the cold weather that Texas had all of last week, hopefully they're going to be able to pull themselves out of that uh, as of uh, this week. Don't forget, this week is National FFA Week. If you want to see some of our Wisconsin State FFA officers in action, pop on over to our Facebook page, Fabulous Farm Babe. They've shared some great videos with us talking about what the FFA Week means to them and some of the activities.